Blog Talk Radio. Find yourself in danger when you're threatened by a stranger When it looks like you will take a licking <laughs> There is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you Just call for Super Chicken Welcome to the Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer Radio Show Brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer Author of the Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens National Spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds Program and Editor-in-Chief of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Each week, I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics, including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Once again, I want to thank you all for tuning in to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. At Kalmbach Feeds, our layer pellets and crumbles are all natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong-shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Find a dealer at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of The Chicken Whisperer. Hey, it's The Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFradio.com. That's GQFradio.com. Give the chicken fountain a try. It's clean water by design. It's a new way to water your flock. Chickens to turkeys to ducks to peacocks. Nothing to lose, so start today. Not a major water, the easy way. Learn more now, you can't go wrong. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches, barns, pens, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pens for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfginc.com. That's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C.com. Or call them to find a retailer near you at 1-888-824-7257. Ware Manufacturing. Introducing the Bright Tap Chick Feeder, the cleaner feeder that grows with your flock. 
The Bright Tap feeder is designed with a unique shield that prevents chicks from standing on the feed tray and pooping into their food. The shield keeps the feed clean, so you spend less time cleaning the feeder. And when your chicks grow up and leave the brooder, you can use the Bright Tap feeder outdoors to give your adult chickens scratch, grit, and oyster shells. The unique shield also prevents rain from getting into the feed tray and spoiling the food. The Bright Tap feeder fills easily through a lid in the top. No more spills or wasted feed. To learn more, visit our website, chickenwaterer.com. That's chickenwaterer.com. Hi, I'm country music artist Nathan Osmond, and you're listening to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. And the mighty bird against prejudice continues his fight for law and order. So when you hear that cry in the sky, you'll know it's Super Chicken. Alrighty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. Uh, good Monday morning to you. Um, it's a, a, a new time, 12 p.m., uh, Eastern Daylight Time. We wanted to get the show done a little bit earlier today. We both have, uh, Peter and I, some um, uh, conflicts this afternoon. So uh, thank you all that are tuning in live. I want to send a shout-out, speaking of that, to everyone that listened to this show, regardless of how you listen to it. All the homeschoolers out there, I know it's summertime, but some homeschoolers don't take a summer vacation. They uh, they hit the books and go, uh, go at it all year long. So all the homeschoolers that incorporate this show into their curriculum every day, thank you very much for tuning in. All the over-the-road truck drivers that we hear from that tune in at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., you know, listening to the archive and knowing what to do with their backyard flock when they get back to their homesteads after earning a living out there uh, on the highways. Thank you very much. Uh, keep it safe out there. Everybody that listens to the live show, we do thank you for uh, for doing that, taking time out of your day. We do like the noon slot a lot of times because people can take a break from the day or uh, when they go out for uh, for lunch, they can tune into the show. So thank you for our live listeners. All the folks, and there's thousands of you that listen to the archive, we thank you very much for listening to that. There's Zoom.com, Podcast.com, uh, of course, BlogTalkRadio.com, and there's another one I can't think of what the name of it is, Sketcher, Stretcher, something like that. Um, that's, a, that's a new hot one for people to listen to podcasts with. So thank you all that listen to the uh, archived episodes as well. So today we've got Peter Brown, the chicken doctor, joining us, and today's topic is lash eggs. We're going to learn all about that, what that means, uh, if we can prevent them. Is it hereditary, brought down from the the, the, the hen's um, genes? Is it uh, something we can fix, something we can uh, prevent? Uh, does it mean we have to kill the uh, hen? All this information that we're going to get today. So get uh, take some time, get a pen and paper. Get that Chicken Whisperer notebook out. We often talk about having one of those. Just next time you're at the store, buy a spiral-bound notebook and, uh, and a good writing pen. And just keep it by your computer. So uh, when we do have these episodes that may interest you, you can get lots of notes down from our expert guests like Peter Brown, the chicken doctor, uh, Dr. Bridget McRae, Ph.D., um, and a poultry scientist and professor, and uh, all the others that we uh, that we welcome on the show. So uh, we hope you'll uh, be able to do that. Um, I know you're probably watching uh, the, all the uh, um, information about avian influenza out there. Yes, we're still kind of in the middle of all this. And uh, again, we're all hoping as the temperatures get higher, it seems to disappear. Uh, may disappear once we get into July, August, and the hot months. But uh, a few people are concerned that uh, as the fall gets here and as the birds start migrating back south for the winter, that we may see uh, um, uh, additional cases, especially on the East Coast. So we'll see uh, if that takes place or not. I know the USDA is diligently working, trying to find a common link between all these farms, both backyard and commercial, Though the backyard chickens only amount to about 10% of the total number of outbreaks uh, that are current, and of course, since a backyard flock has 10 to maybe 100 birds versus 5 million, obviously less are cold and you, and you won't see as many of the numbers. So that is obviously a good thing. We're also starting to see some information out there in the news media about the rationing of eggs and how large chain stores, uh, grocery stores, are actually having a hard time 
meeting the ban. We've seen the prices of eggs go up because of this. So um, most folks uh, that, that we've talked to and, and, and things that we see say this too will uh, over time correct itself. This is kind of just like everything else. Do you remember the big gigantic egg recall back in 2010? There were uh, what, what, half a billion eggs recalled. I was on Fox News. I was on CNN during all of that. And, uh, you know, you talk about it now, and even though it was just five years ago, I guess, people are, oh, yeah, I do remember that, but they're still buying eggs in the store. Remember the big peanut butter recall? I don't even remember the brand it was. Um, was it Skippy or Peter Pan? I don't remember. Uh, see, there's perfect proof. But, um, you know, people are still buying that brand today. I guarantee you, you still see it on, on the shelf. And uh, this issue with um, Bluebell, with the Listeria, and they, I think they've totally halted all production of all of their ice creams, not just the smaller pints or whatever it actually the recall started with. Uh, but you know what? You know, when, when they start selling it again, get their uh, facilities cleaned up and um, get this back, in, people will be buying it again. So kind of out of sight, this, today's, I think, uh, um, uh, with, with uh, just today's focus with, with humans, um, you know, in the lettuce outbreak, uh, well, what, what was this? The, this, this, the lettuce was contaminated a while back. See, you don't even remember now. And people are still buying lettuce and chilies and all this kind of stuff or tomatoes or whatever they ended up finding. I think one of the outbreaks was they found some wild hogs coming over into the fields and and uh, uh, something like that. But anyway, so, um, uh, you know, the whether uh, AI will be here to stay from now on here in the United States, that's yet to be determined. Um, I know that there are many places and research facilities out there working on a vaccine for this. Now, whether or not, and everybody I've talked to now says that they don't predict that we'll see mass um, vaccination uh, in the commercial farms for AI, uh, not anytime soon anyway, even if they do develop uh, possibly a vaccine that shows to, to work. But that's going on. You can read about that out there in uh, in the media land uh, as well. I'm trying to think what else is going on. Um, uh, oh, I'm still searching the internet. I'm trying to find a really good uh, statement out there for our next um, uh, post on factrchickenpoop.com. Yep, factrchickenpoop.com where we search the internet blogs and forums and find a statement somebody's made and then we'll post it. We'll send it off to a poultry expert somewhere around the country at a major university or agency um, and, and have them reply to that in a casual format to that statement so uh, we can determine if that is truly a factual statement or if it's chicken poop. So I'm um, hopefully, hopefully by the uh, end of the week can get that done. And finally, some really awesome big news you've all been waiting for. We have launched the June Ultimate Chicken Coop Contest. Nope, not a chicken coop photo contest, but a real chicken coop contest. Yes, I need to call Guinness Book of World Records. I've given away more chicken coops than anybody on the planet Earth. Very proud of that. Why? Thanks to our awesome sponsors that provide these awesome coops. But the June Ultimate Chicken Coop Contest is sponsored and brought to you by Snap Lock Chicken Coops. I had one of their smaller snaplock chicken coops in my backyard for actually a couple of years. And before that coop became Chicken Whisper approved, uh, I kept it for about 30 days. Uh, I, I had chickens in it. I inspected it. I hung thermometers in it. I hung thermometers outside so I could get a, a, a differentiation between the outside tent, the inside tent, being that it is molded plastic. Um, it, and actually, the coop is still in existence. It is still it still has chickens in it. As I record this podcast at a neighbor's home, my neighbor was very interested in that coop. He had a smaller fenced-in area. It ended up being really it was a dog pen, and uh, it fit right through there. He's got it on the four by four post, sitting up off the ground. He's got his feeder underneath it to keep it out of the rain. Um, he's got four four hens, ice brown hens in there, and it is still in use today. So I know he's had it at least two years. I kept it in my backyard for probably about six months. A few of those months I had uh, utilized it. So um, 
it's uh, uh, so I'm familiar with this product. The coupe that we were giving away is their larger coupe. It retails for $795, and um, you can see how to enter that on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash the chicken whisperer. So excited to have yet another chicken coop contest for everybody. Also, there's not one but two chicken coop contests going on right now. Head over to chickenwhisperermagazine.com. If you already subscribe to the digital edition, you've already received the summer issue. You've already seen that there is a chicken coop contest in the magazine going on to the summer issue. If not, head over there to chickenwhispermagazine.com. You can subscribe to the digital edition for free. And then you too can enter um, the contest that we've got going on in that, sponsored by Urban Coop Company. It's their starter coop, valued at $399. It was actually developed to give uh, a lot of these uh, coops coming over from China, made out of the fir wood uh, from China, I believe, uh, a run for their money. And it's, uh, it's a really quality, uh, good starter coop there. So we got two chicken coop contests going on for you and our fans right this second. See, Peter Brown just called in. Let's give him a big chicken whisperer welcome this morning. Good morning. All righty. Hey, Peter, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Andy, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain. I still have a, an annoying echo here, so as long as you can't hear it, I'm ready to roll. Yeah, I don't. Uh, it it sounds a little bit off, but it's not that bad. Okay, very good. Yeah, just my mic here. Maybe I'm up. Volume will go a little bit higher. So we're talking about uh, lack eggs today. And I know there's uh, has been a lot of reports about this uh, online we've seen. So we just wanted to mention and have you uh, come on and share that with us. Yeah, it's an interesting subject because um, there. Uh, can be a number of things that can cause it. <clears throat> um, it is um, predominantly a uh, problem uh, in backyard chickens, more so than commercial chickens. And in the time that I spent in commercial chickens, I never ever saw it ever. And, wow! Um, wow! Uh, and that may have to do with the greater uh, balance of nutrition that commercial birds get versus. Um, backyard uh, type uh, chickens and that's not to disparage those who go out of their way to to uh, uh, in a backyard small flock holder setting to you know keep up the nutrition of their birds and so on and so forth um, mm -hmm. what I mean by that is there are a lot of folks and, and we've been through it on this show um, you know who think that uh, you know a vegetarian diet for chickens is going to suffice and in many uh, cases that's uh, that's not going to uh, to work uh, at some point in time um, uh, there are going to be deficiencies of amino acids uh, especially methionine um, uh, which is uh, uh, an amino acid that the birds just can't do without so um, we, we've been over some of this before we never extrapolated out mm -hmm. to lash eggs but um, uh, so for that reason I feel that you know and and there may be people that'll you know uh, have a different feeling on it and, and I'm okay with that because mm -hmm. I don't believe that any one person has uh, the know-all end-all answer as to exactly why it always happens or necessarily why it's always in, in from from my standpoint in, in backyard type situations uh, I know some of the rhyme and reason why and I again I don't think that any one particular person uh, can tell you uh, uh, you know why it why it happens in each individual case but um, going back and, and looking at, at this thing uh, you know as I was preparing my brain for for this uh, the show, I sat around thinking, um, you know, where does it all start? Uh, and by that mean, I mean, you know, where does the egg-laying process start? Um, and um, you've heard me say before uh, on the show many on many different occasions that, you know, laying an egg is a, is a huge deal. It is a huge uh, undertaking for the bird. Uh, in many cases, puts the bird's life in jeopardy. Uh, people don't think of it that way because once the egg comes out, we look at it and you know, wow, we got an egg, and you know, when's the next one coming? That's that's the general uh, feeling of of most people, not all. But uh, 
So, you know, where does it all start? Well, it all starts with hormones. You know, what <clears throat> the hormones that control the process uh, and the onset of uh, egg production. And um, that, you know, really is uh, under control of the master gland in the bird's system, and that is the uh, pituitary gland. It's a small uh, gland uh, at the base of the bird's skull. Uh, basically has t- two lobes to it. Uh, and uh, those uh, control uh, the turning on and turning off of different hormones going to different organs of the body or, or, or uh, a different uh, uh, turning off different enzymes or whatever it may be for, for whatever process the bird needs to not only lay eggs but to survive every day. So it, it all starts there. And why do I say it starts there? Because the lack of any of these is going to interfere with uh, egg production. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'll give you for instance, I have a client uh, that I have a like with many of them, but this particular individual, I got a good close relationship uh, with this individual. We've met on different occasions at different shows and so on and so forth. Uh, and that individual has uh, uh, birds from all over the place, different uh, uh, breeds, uh, different. Uh, 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 you know, Bantams, large fowl, and, and different ages. And he contacted me about about three weeks ago now and, and sent me a picture and couldn't understand why his uh, hen, that was at least three years old and been laying nice, large eggs, uh, all of a sudden had this egg that wasn't much more than a, uh, uh, a good-sized marble. And, uh, you know, I explained to him that it was... Uh, you know, a temporary, more than likely a temporary hormonal imbalance that caused one of the ovums, uh, which would be the egg yolk, uh, not to fully develop. They develop in a hierarchy, okay? And by that we mean from largest, basically, uh, or I guess the other way around, smallest to, to, the, to the largest. So they, you're going to have these, these uh, ovums that are larger than, than others. And... There's a number of ways it can it can happen. Uh, if the o- next ovum in line uh, to be ovulated has not fully matured, but it's going to ovulate anyway, that can be one way it happens. Uh, the um, other way it can happen is that if they, for uh, whatever hormonal reason, um, get out of line so that a smaller one uh, ovulates first uh, before the more mature one. Okay. Uh, The production of the yolk material predominantly comes from the bird's liver. So any uh, inhibitory process there, uh, hormonally or otherwise, nutritionally, that prevents the the, uh, uh, clear production of the proper amount of yolk is going to uh, make that ovum smaller. On average, on a daily basis, the average hen, and these are averages, bigger birds would be bigger, uh, more amounts, uh, smaller birds would be uh, larger amounts, but about two grams of yolk is produced by any given bird on any given day, okay, on, on average. So, you know, taking all of these things into consideration, you know, this is where the anomaly starts. It doesn't, it doesn't start down in the, in the, uh, in the oviduct, uh, although that's where the problem ends up. It starts in these particular areas where uh, these particular uh, hormones, uh, enzymes, proteins, um, and stuff are, are uh, released through the action of uh, the pituitary gland and the hypothalamus. They're two, uh, two different glands within the bird's body. We've talked about them extensively right. before, right. so I'm not going to go back and hash out every little bitty thing about them, but uh, they are extraordinary in what they do. And um, we also talked about, uh, uh, on many occasions, the vitamins, uh, the minerals, uh, the amino acids that are necessary to, uh, to give us uh, these eggs. And, and what a monumental task it is to try to make all of this stuff flow into the same single stream river and have it all come to fruition in an egg. It's, it's a big deal, um, and we don't often think about it that way. Um, but any interruption along the way 
can cause any of these uh, uh, anomalies to uh, uh, to come along. And so that's whether it's what people call a, a lash egg. I've never called them that. To me, they're just egg anomalies. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, I'm not even sure of where the lash term came from, uh, nor do I really care. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, my, my my thing is about you know what what really causes it, and 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 uh, you know you know can it be fixed? Well, sometimes it can, sometimes it can't. Um, and uh, most of the cases that I have seen, birds will uh, you know. Uh, come back into lay eventually and, and go on and stop uh, that type of thing. And again, it depends on whether the uh, the uh, enzyme hormonal situation or uh, whatever that caused it in the beginning uh, writes itself and fixes itself. And sometimes it does, and again, sometimes it doesn't. Um, so this happens for all kinds of different uh, reasons. Um, for instance, there is such a thing, uh, and we've also discussed this. This is a reverse peristalsis type of thing. So we'll give you a scenario. The infundibulum, which is the beginning of the uh, oviduct, uh, will uh, latch onto uh, the next um, ovum that's to be ovulated, and it does such on command from uh, the uh, uh, pituitary gland uh, in the hypothalamus. Uh, by the um, uh, luteinizing hormone and the follicle-stimulating hormone. And so when this takes place, it will embrace it, it will uh, release it into the infundibulum. And this, just so people know, this is where fertilization takes place. This is, this is a big deal, uh, and this is one of the reasons why, uh, at least from a genetic standpoint, uh, that uh, the gender of a bird cannot be changed. Okay. You know, um, uh, and I, you, I, it's funny because I just had this conversation not too long ago with, with uh, somebody that called in on, on and, and had some questions, and uh, I, I related it, not that I really wanted to, but to the, the, the Bruce Jenner type thing. You know, uh, he will forever and always uh, be a male, uh, gender-wise. And, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the rest of it is all hormonal uh, and and so on, and um you know, in no way mean to get into uh, the the rhyme and reason of it. Uh, that's not my bag, but uh, but you can you can change that in in chickens. The the eventual outcome as to male or female, but the, the bird will still be a male irregardless. Uh, and most of that is done through incubation and change of temperature and so on. So <clears throat> all of these things come together, and when these hormones aren't right, you do get these anomalies. Whether they be a bird that is a male that ends up being a female, okay. Um, or, or any other thing. So the lash egg uh, or the uh, incomplete egg, uh, the, the uh, uh, shellless egg, and all of these things, um, they are a product of some sort of disruption uh, within the physiological system of the bird that is responsible for the proper laying down of the different uh, proteins, which are your albumins, uh, your, your shell membranes, and eventually uh, uh, down in the, the shell gland, which uh, they've renamed now the uterus, I guess. Uh, Got to call it something different, I guess. Somebody wants to be different. But um, the, 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 um, So let's go and look. So it, the, it's ovulated. It's fertilized. Maybe, maybe not, depending on whether the, uh, the hen was fertilized uh, uh, recently. And uh, the egg will then start to, uh, to move down. Uh, the infundibulum, where the first coating of uh, of egg white is put on there in the uh, in the isthmus, uh, I'm sorry, in the infundibulum. Um, then it will move down to to the uh, to the to the magnum. Uh, the amount of time spent uh, in the infundibulum uh, generally is is less than 20 minutes. Okay, so it's a it's a very fast, very quick process. Now you can understand here. Just stop for a moment and think. Uh, in that 20 minutes, a whole lot of stuff goes on, okay? We have um, hormones that are released to release the proteins that are in what's called uh, goblet cells uh, and tubular cells there. Uh, we also have other hormones that are going to uh, release the sperm from the, sp- the, the tubules that are, that are there uh, for fertilization. And at the same time, we have other hormones that are come along, and they're going to say, "Okay, you've had your 15, 20 minutes. We got to move on. We got other stuff to do." 
So then we're going to move down here to to the magnum, which is a larger section of the uh, of the uh, uh, of the oviduct, and this is where uh, the greatest portion uh, of the albumin will be uh, be laid down here in in this portion. Uh, okay. And it depends. Pardon? That's okay. Great. Okay. Great. Yeah, and then you know it'll spend another maybe a couple of hours here um, uh, having this uh, albumin. Uh, deposited um, <clears throat> around the ovum itself, the ovum being the, the yolk, and uh, then it will move on to the the isthmus, uh, and the isthmus is is clearly defined, uh, much more muscular, um, and um, this is where uh, the shell membranes are going to be put on the inner and outer. Um, it's uh, worthy of of noting uh, that. Um, when it gets to this point in the isthmus, uh, again, these uh, goblet cells and uh, uh, tube cells uh, are going to be excreting um, several different uh, uh, proteins. And uh, these proteins are, are uh, part of the uh, makeup of the albumin. Uh, and I'll just um, uh, mention two of them here. There's no sense going into a long list of things that go at the end of the day are not going to mean a whole lot to a whole lot of people. Um, technically, including me, um, the, um, there are, are two uh, critical uh, uh, parts of the albumin, and one is uh, ovalbumin. Uh, it is the main ingredient, or the main part of the egg white, um, making up the, ma the majority of it. And uh, that contains uh, uh, an enzyme, uh, uh, lysozyme, that will be secreted as well. Uh, its job is to uh, uh, protect the egg from uh, bacterial infection. Okay, And um, the uh, conalbumin is another protein and a lesser part of the makeup of the, uh, of the albumin. Uh, and its job is to uh, bind with uh, metals that may be in the uh, bird system in excess. Okay, And this is the uh, its uh, primary uh, metal that it binds with is iron, and uh, this would be responsible then for the uh, occasional egg that you might see that might have a pinkish tinge uh, to the uh, to the egg white, and that is uh, not blood. Uh, it is not uh, mean that the egg is no good and you can't eat it. It just means that the egg has a higher than normal. Uh, iron content and therefore is binding with this conalbumin uh, in, in the egg. And it's all, this is also designed to, uh, to protect the egg, to keep the same pH, to keep the same levels uh, of everything in it so that um, uh, it can ward off the, you know, any, uh, most, I say any, most uh, infections uh, in, in that regard. So after that, the um, uh, the ovum with its uh, shell membranes is going to move down now into the uh, what I call the shell gland. A lot of people do uh, the newer term, the uterus. And here it's going to spend the majority of its time, depending on when the, uh, the egg was ovulated, what time of day. Um, it may spend uh, uh, in excess of 20 hours uh, in the shell gland having the uh, eggshell uh, uh, and the uh, calcium laid down on that. Now, here's an interesting thing, okay, and this is part of uh, where these lash eggs come in. Uh, due to a hormonal uh, imbalance, an ovum now is prematurely ovulated and is embraced by the infundibulum and starts to make its way down the uh, oviduct. When this, when this happens, it causes a reverse peristalsis. Uh, these are contractions. Instead of pulling the uh, ovum and stuff uh, and the egg that's already there down, are going to start to push everything back up. And when these two things kind of collide in the, in the oviduct, um, we start to get that um, egg where there's... Um, a partial eggshell on it, and then another small ovum, and more membrane, and more uh, 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 egg white, 
and, and all that kind of stuff. And this, this keeps happening. This is where you get that layer over layer over layer of stuff. And this is a severe hormonal imbalance uh, that keeps causing these ovums to be ovulated, uh, never really making it to the uh, shell gland. And uh, then they get this, this cooked look uh, on them from being in the uh, oviduct for this uh, long period of time. And then for whatever reason, the hormones come back into some sort of balance uh, and it makes it way back down to the shell gland uh, and is expelled out. Um, there are um, numerous different uh, hormonal imbalances that cause this. Uh, it can be a, a missed signal from the uh, pituitary gland uh, to the hypothalamus uh, that uh, makes the uh, ovum uh, prematurely ovulate and, and make its way down to, uh, uh, to, the, uh, to the oviduct. Uh, so there, there isn't any one real rhyme or reason. Like I said before, I don't think anybody's got the market cornered on uh, you know, exactly what does it. I think it's, an, it's, it's from my perspective, from what I've been able to see uh, over the years, and I've seen a, a you know a, a number of these. They're they're, they're relatively common in the backyard uh, setting, and and less common uh, in the uh, um, in the commercial uh, uh, sector. Uh, from from my own experience, now somebody else might have a greater experience with them uh, and that type of thing. Uh, but uh, we generally you know don't see them. Same thing as as a a double yoked egg. A double yoked egg is the uh, uh, the twice uh, ovulation of two different ovums uh, uh, basically at the same time um, or one uh, slightly after after another so uh, it is possible and, and you know that uh, and those those things generally uh, will um, uh, correct themselves and sometimes they don't sometimes you uh, you get birds that continually uh, uh, you know drop these ovums uh, uh, two at a time into, into the uh, infundibulum and uh, starts its way down uh, uh, the uh, um, oviduct and, and becomes a, a viable egg at the end of the day. Um, again, it's, it, it is a tremendous um, uh, physiological um, undertaking that this bird has. Uh, again, the, the, the shellless egg, we've been over that before too. Uh, uh, it, it, it makes its way down through the uh, uh, through the the uh, isthmus, and when it gets down to the uh, the, the the shell gland, for whatever reason, uh, no uh, uh, shell is put on, and the, um, uh, the the bird expels the egg out. Now, this can be a number of things causing this. Okay, and I know this is a little bit different than the lash egg, but we kind of explained the lash egg thing. I'll go back and explain a few more things about uh, differences of uh, true lash eggs versus uh, uh, salpingitis or something like that. And so this egg is expelled. It has no shell on it. So w what's causing that? Well, again, it can be a hormonal imbalance, but it also can be a balance of the calcium, phosphorus, vitamin D3 ratio, any which one out of balance will not allow the bird to secrete the proper amount of, of calcium or any at all uh, by changing the pH of the blood. It can also uh, cause uh, an imbalance and uh, allow the bird not to put a, uh, uh, a shell uh, on, on the egg like that. And uh, some of this stuff uh, uh, can be genetic, uh, and I think that's where you see it constantly happening, same bird doing the same thing over and over and over. Uh, even after you've tried, you know, adding all kinds of different supplements, there is something amiss uh, within that system somewhere along the line. Just the same as a bird uh, who continually drop eggs, drops eggs into the body cavity, which is an internal layer, which is different than a bird that is egg-bound. Um, egg binding uh, usually uh, comes from a um, lack of calcium, uh, and it's not only in chickens, it's in uh, uh, songbirds and, and the citizine birds and, and your uh, budgies and all those kind of have the same problems when they're, they don't have enough calcium because it takes the calcium ions to, to, uh, to uh, stimulate the musculature uh, in the shell gland to help expel the egg. So uh, uh, also the, the egg uh, 
for the most part, travels down the uh, oviduct, small end first. But when it gets down to the bottom, it has to make that inversion so that it comes out large end first. And when it doesn't make that, um, uh, and it's coming out, uh, you know, small end first, uh, then that becomes more or less what I would uh, call a breach. And um, it's kind of like the, you know, the, the round peg in the square hole type thing. It ain't going to go. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's where that particular situation uh, uh, comes in. And uh, um, so these are all different egg anomalies, but really when you look at all of them, every one of them, and you go back, it's the master gland, the pituitary gland, the hypothalamus, what happens or doesn't happen there, or how those commands are uh, distributed to the, uh, uh, from the pituitary to the hypothalamus, and how it acts on, on those uh, hormones, uh, which then act on those proteins and enzymes uh, you know, to, to make all of this happen. Uh, one little slip up and it doesn't happen. We explained uh, on several different shows when we talked about all of these different types of anomalies, uh, it's kind of like the four-way stop sign. Um, you know, uh, one of them went, three of them stopped, and one stuck in the middle until he gets out of the middle nobody's moving, but there's not enough to push them out of the middle because something's missing, whether that be the calcium, whether that be the phosphorus, whether that be the vitamin D3, uh, or whether that be a, a change in the pH of the blood uh, that's not allowing the calcium ions to be, uh, uh, to be released from, from the blood. So uh, there's an awful lot to it, and more so than, than just meets the eye. And, uh, um, you know, these things, they, they, they happen for a... a just a multitude of of of, uh, of reasons. Um, Andy, did you want to take a commercial break now? And I want, then I want to finish yeah. up with yeah. the with the uh, salpingitis and lash egg relationship. That sounds great. Absolutely, we'll go to a break, and I've got a couple of questions as soon as we come back, folks. We're talking with Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of First State vetsupply.com. Visit them uh, often. And we'll be back with more information, so keep that pen and paper handy. When you need an incubator, think Brensi, the incubation specialist. Brensi has been a world-leading manufacturer of incubators for over 30 years. Incubators from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity control and programmable egg turning all at surprisingly affordable prices. Visit them online at Brincy.com. Brincy spelled B-R-I-N-S-E-A. That's Brincy.com or call 1-888-667-7009. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and save 10% on their incubators, brooders, egg candlers, and other incubation accessories. When you need an incubator, think Brincy. Technology you can trust. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com, for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com. Pictures of chickens on aprons are common across America, but picture a chicken wearing an apron and you'll probably get a good chuckle. Laugh if you must, but nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster and may even provide protection from an unexpected hawk attack. Hen savers come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and standard sized hens and roosters. Colors include camo, denim, navy, brown, khaki or black, and soon pink. Crazy K Farm is expanding its already colorful hen saver collection to include the color pink. 
a portion of their sales will be donated to organizations that fund breast cancer research and awareness. Order your Hensaver aprons today at hensaver.com. That's hensaver.com. Love Nest brings the natural goodness of herbs to you in your backyard with handcrafted organic blends for your backyard friends. Packaged in a resealable bag, 100% USDA certified organic, Love Nest blends come ready to sprinkle directly into the nesting R coop bedding and are completely natural and edible. There's Love Nest Chick Mix Blend, a gentle herb blend perfect for young chicks. Love Nest Layer Blend, designed to help support laying and soothe ruffled feathers. And Love Nest Critter Ritter Blend is naturally effective against those unwelcome guests such as lice, moths, and other pests. Ask for Love Nest at your favorite local feed store or visit them online at www.loveluv-nest.com and try Love Nest organic blends for your backyard friends today. Are you in the market for a new chicken coop? Want one that will outlast all the others? Then check out Urban Coop Company. All of their coops are made from 100% appearance-grade western red cedar with galvanized hardware and advanced all-weather joinery right here in the USA. Compared to other coops, Urban Coop Company coops will last longer and look better doing it. They're designed to be both beautiful and functional. In fact, they have earned the Chicken Whisperer seal of approval and are Chicken Whisperer approved. I invite you to browse their website to learn more about the many features of their coops and check out their integrated coop accessories that will make your life easier. Urban Coop Company is a family-owned business located in Dripping Springs, Texas, USA. They are passionate about building great coops because they know you're passionate about your backyard chickens. Visit them online at urbancoopcompany.com. That's urbancoopcompany.com. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business, providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for the beginner or advanced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it comes time to order. Shop online at www.strombergschickens.com or call today at 1-800-720-1134. Remember, that's strombergschickens.com. From our family to yours, feed your chickens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome goodness. Kalmbach Feeds. Visit our website at kalmbachfeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H-Feeds.com. Or order today on Amazon.com. Kalmbach Feeds is a proud sponsor of the Chicken Whisperer. Alrighty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Kalmbach Feeds. We're talking with Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of FirstStateVetSupply.com. We're talking about lash eggs and other egg, egg um, oddities. But, um, I guess my next question, really, and, and, and definitely we'll have you wrap everything up uh, and, uh, and, and get back to that correlation, but um, is... If we have a lash egg, and it can be caused by this, that, or the other you've been talking about, supplements and, and whatnot, or lack of, do, is, there, 
is there a way to try to identify that? Should we just try this and then try that and try to fix the problem? If we have a hen that lays a lash egg, it is, an, is it an automatic death sentence? Should we not try to breed that hen because it may have implications on her offspring? I guess those are the three big questions is um, how do we maybe prevent this? Where do we start? Two, is it an automatic death sentence for that hen? And um, should we or should we not breed this hen? Well, as a um, you know automatic death sentence, I don't think so uh, mm-hmm. you know, unless it, it you know unless it continues or uh, it becomes a problem passing that egg or that okay. last okay. egg or, or that mass of material that that's there. I mean, if it right. constantly happens, uh, you know what's what's the point of, of continuing that on? So, um, I, you know, I I don't think I would breed from that bird, but I would also take a look at what I do. Um, I'll give you another example. And this this involves roosters, but just to give you an idea, um, you know, I have uh, someone who um, uh, enjoyed having uh, just roosters and kept them as a um, uh, house pet. And uh, while a a tremendous individual, um, uh, you know, took for the most part, really uh, excellent care, uh, had a veterinarian involved as well as myself uh, and everything else, and um, been helping this individual for you know quite a few years. And um, the last uh, bird that this person had uh, just uh, passed away uh, about a week ago. And part of the problem that this particular individual had was that feeding so much junk to these birds that, um, I mean, this bird was, was well up in years, so, you know, but it got to the point where it would only eat one thing, and the thing that it was eating was not nutritionally good for it, and it just would refuse to eat anything else. It didn't matter what you gave it. And so, you know, when when we do these things, things to, to birds, uh, the excessive treats, we've talked about that before, and getting away from eating the food that's been, you know, manufactured and, and everything else. I mean, there's enough evidence to show that, you know, that birds that are, that are you know, people want to go this uh, uh, old vegetarian route of feeding their birds and everything else. Uh, the fact of the matter is uh, uh, methionine needs to be uh, supplemented even in commercial diets, okay? It has to be supplemented some way, and if you're going all organic, it's very difficult to get one that is organic, Okay, and it's very difficult to get it out of all organic materials uh, enough to sustain the production, whether it be meat or eggs. So there's a lot to be looked at. I think you know you have to look at and see if you're part of the problem. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of blaming things on a bird when it's the, the human that's in control. Uh, if you look at it and you've done everything you know according to uh, the book, so to speak, uh, I, you know, I probably wouldn't breed back to that bird. Um, I was asked again, as I'm asked many, many times, you know, uh, would I euthanize this bird from this, this morning's conversation? Uh, and as usual, I declined to do so. I said, you know, for my bird, I'd let nature take its course. And, um, you know, if you want to do anything over and above that, that's that's your call. That's not, not up to me. But, um, uh, you know, as far as breeding is concerned, probably not, uh, even as a precautionary thing, because it's not something you want to you want to perpetuate for sure. So if it is something right, that right. is either breed-related, uh, you know, or, or genetics-related, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's something that, that you would want to, uh, uh, you know, to, to keep going. This particular bird this morning, uh, in my opinion, had become an internal layer. Uh, it's been going on for quite some time. It's to the point now where it can't walk, uh, you know, being tube-fed and everything else. And, uh, again, you know, their decision, their bird, not mine. But um, it didn't appear to me that it was going to, uh, you know, to be able to survive. I always term it not having a good outcome or not having a positive outcome. Um, but, you know, it is what it is, and these things, uh, they, they do come along. Uh, uh, there is a difference between a lash egg and uh, uh, salpingitis. Uh, and if you had another question, just jump in any time. It doesn't matter. No, that's fine. Uh, I definitely want to get into this and hear this from you. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, salpingitis generally. Uh, is a condition of the oviduct caused by an infection. Uh, whether that leads to a, a lash egg afterward, uh, you know, I've not seen it that way. I've seen uh, salpingitis to me is a pure infection of the oviduct 
uh, often confused with vent bleep because they leak a white diarrhea material from their uh, from their vent, soils the feathers uh, profusely. Um, birds, depending on the severity of the, uh, and this is why I say it's not always related to lash egg, uh, although it's a possibility that the uh, uh, infection could come first and a lash egg situation later, but it's not directly related in my opinion. Uh, the the uh, the birds can continue to lay eggs while they have this uh, oviduct infection. Okay, uh, if the infection is left unchecked and gets uh, you know uh, out of hand bad enough, uh, depending on what it is, um, you know then the bird can either succumb to it or start having abnormalities come you know within that uh, oviduct. Um, you know, don't forget this oviduct. You know, we talk about it. You know, like it's some sort of rubber hose. But I think you have to understand that this is a very highly uh, muscular, vascularized, uh, uh, glandular uh, machine, so to speak. Uh, and like any machine, if it isn't well oiled and well taken care of, uh, you know, uh, things you know go uh, helter skelter real quick. So uh, <clears throat> you know, it's it's all about. In my opinion, taking care uh, of, the, of the bird, doing the best you can, uh, good quality food, uh, not so many treats. And if you're going to give treats, give nutritious treats, not junk food. Uh, to me, scratch is junk. Um, you know, birds cannot sustain themselves on a diet of corn. Um, um, and, you know, all of these different things play into how, how this is all going to work out. Um, the other thing that others throw out here for uh, about 35% of birds uh, that reach the age of uh, three, three and a half years old uh, will succumb to ovarian cancer. It is a uh, fairly uh, large problem in older birds, and uh, it's non-recoverable from. I mean, this is this is a uh, situation where um, you know where a bird is um, uh, you know picked up this disease from. Um, the continued ovulation on a daily basis uh, of the ovums, and it does lead to a uh, epithelial surface tissue uh, cancer uh, that ends up coming out into full-blown metastatic uh, cancer in, in chickens. Uh, it is very similar in its actions and very similar in its uh, modus operandi, uh, as is human uh, ovarian cancer highly studied in chickens in, in relation to humans. Um, so our, our chickens uh, you know, produce a lot of different things for us, a lot of different favors that they return uh, out there as guinea pigs for, uh, for research uh, for this type of thing. But, uh, so that can produce uh, a, a possibility uh, of, of a lash egg depending on, uh, uh, on how bad it, uh, it gets. Usually what we see with them is they just stop laying, period. And then they go into this uh, situation uh, where, the, uh, due to the ovarian cancer, uh, they produce, as do humans, huge amounts of, of liquid in the body cavity. Okay, and uh, you know humans see this to uh, the ascites situation. Uh, again, uh, in humans, if caught in time, you might be able to to uh, to get by with it. In most cases, it is fatal. Uh, usually, by the time they discover it. And uh, in chickens, it's not uh, something that is, uh, you know, that you can recover from. I've got one right now that uh, I've been dealing with that, that has a uh, situation that appears to be um, either a plain up, straight up ascites, which can be caused by uh, uh, heart failure, or um, uh, this particular uh, one that may, may be caused uh, uh, by the, the continued uh, ovulation, hard to tell, but they end up with uh, liquid in the body cavity. Uh, one of the other things I want to throw out here, too, is, and we have talked about this uh, as well, and this can cause uh, your lash egg situation possibly, uh, certainly can cause birds to uh, become egg-bound. Uh, and this is that depending on um, stress in a bird and uh, production of corticosteroids, now, uh, birds that are um, under pressure uh, from predators, uh, whether that be your child or your dog or whatever, um, can produce these hormones and do produce these hormones. They are part of the natural cycle of their everyday living. They're produced in, in different quantities. 
and the more uh, that they are produced, the um, can cause the retention of the egg uh, almost anywhere along uh, the the oviduct, but especially in, in the shell gland. Um, and then if we get into the situation of this reverse peristalsis, this can also cause the lash egg and or uh, these multiple eggs inside one after another. Um, we've all seen an egg that has uh, part of the has a complete shell on it, but yet it will have um, um, this shell membrane all around it and tails off into a uh, uh, looks like a um, little tail. And again, that's part of it being backed up in the oviduct um, in the uh, more than likely uh, in the uh, uh, in the in the isthmus where the uh, membranes are put on. And so it's kind of like um, uh, coccidiosis. If you were to do a postmortem on it, and, and the two have nothing in common here. I'm just trying to make an analogy here. Uh, you can tell the different species of coccidia. Uh, by opening up the bird and looking at the intestine and where they reside, each one lives in a different part. They don't. They don't really commingle. Um, and so, you know, when you see a, an egg that has this membrane all around it, then you kind of know where it came from. Okay, so you can kind of figure out where it's been, besides being down in the shell gland, but it's been elsewhere. And the only way it can get that membrane on the outside is have to back up and go up and get it. It didn't come down to it. It has to go back up and get it. So you know that there was a reverse peristalsis there for a while. Exactly what caused it, I still go back and say it's the master gland, the pituitary gland and the hypothalamus. And this uh, imbalance or lack of or, or uh, uh, unavailability of hormones at the specific time that something needed to be done. And that's about all I've got. That's awesome. I'm going to have you do me a, a favor here in just a second. Um, we'll still be on the air, but for, for our listeners tuning in today, I want to say thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. Hope you got lots of notes from Peter Brown. Um, I do have a horrible echo, and I heard from a longtime listener, um, Lisa, with uh, uh, Fort Christmas Farm, that um, some of it is carrying over to the live broadcast. So, when I'm, uh, so, so for the most part, the show's over, folks, but I'm going to try to do some technical uh, things here with Peter real quick. Even though we're live, it'll, it'll help me uh, fix this echo. Um, give me just one second and stay with me, uh, Peter. I'm going to try something here. Okay, testing one, two, three. Okay, Peter, I only get the echo when you're live. When I mute you, the echo goes away. So I'm going to try something. Do you have any other way to call in other than the way you've called in right now? Yeah, I can call in on a Vonage line. Um, if you could try that for me, I just I'm trying to do troubleshooting, and sometimes the only way to do that is when I'm actually live. <laughs> and I've already got you here. Yeah, I hang up and call you right back. Great, thanks so much. Okay. Okay, so yes, so now Peter has hung up. He is gone. I have no echo any longer. I'll go back myself and listen to the uh, archive. I know last week I was calling in via HD. Their Blog Talk Radio out of New York is updating a lot of things. Uh, they pitched me on this new uh, hi-fi, high-definition sound. Uh, I tried that. There's some uh, – I found that with that, there's uh, noise um, variations or, or loudness. Like I'm very loud, but the guest is not so loud, and the commercials may be loud or not so loud. So, again, growing pains here while we try to improve the quality of sound. We've done over well over a 1,000 episodes now, and uh, it's just one of those things that we're trying to tweak uh, for you, our listeners, <laughs> so you'll want and continue to listen to the show. So, we're again, growing pains, trying to tweak our sound. Sometimes uh, when we're live, it's the best way to do that. So let me go ahead and bring Peter back on. Uh, all right, Peter, uh, you're back on. Let me see what kind of sound quality we got. Yeah, you sound a little bit better. Okay, yeah, I don't hear an echo on, on my... What? Hang on. Test one, two, three, four. Yeah, I don't hear an echo on my end anymore like I had with you calling in before. Uh, and you sound pretty good coming across. I'll listen to the archive, but um, uh, yeah, I'll definitely uh, tell that. Now, I want to let people know, because this was something last week, um, I had somebody specifically email, listen to an episode, was curious about the... Um, and I'm doing this for two reasons. One, to... So, so people know about it, and two, so I can get some more of your sound coming through, um, about the emergency medicine kit. He was very interested in that and the benefits of doing that versus buying a huge bottle for lots of money and then having it expire. 
uh, versus having a smaller kit with lots of smaller um, uh, bottles in it that doesn't cost as much. So if it expires, you're not out 80 bucks, you're out $24. So um, I know that um, you were uh, waiting, I think, to get in one of the ingredients for one of the uh, items in the kit, but it's back, and it's back up on your website. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, and the the product that was um, um, not available is still not available, but I managed to to get some, and I've probably got enough here to do um, maybe maybe ten more kits. And if the other product continues to be on back order, uh, we're going to go and change it out because there is um, another product in there that can help cover coccidiosis. The product would be sulfadimethoxine nationwide back order. Uh, all over the place and has been now for months. And um, so I managed to get some in here, um, and um, we do have enough now to to uh, to do maybe about 10 kits. But if that continues to be a problem, which I suspect it will be, um, we're probably going to switch it out. And it, it it's a big pain in the neck on this end because I've got to change everything in the kit and mm -hmm. you know, all the directions and description yeah. and, and, and so on and get another label made up. But the point is, We'll probably switch off and put some Denigard in there, and I think people will be excited about that. It will probably raise the cost a little bit mm -hmm. um, because it's a much much more expensive product uh, than the uh, sulfadimethoxine ever thought of being. Uh, but um, and because of you know trade names and everything else, we will probably yeah. go with the name Tiamulin rather than uh, the Denigard itself. So, uh, but yeah, we will we'll be making that. But there, it is available now in its original form. Okay, for the twenty four night for twenty four ninety five. So, um, yeah, I, I emailed all that to the other gentleman who was interested in that. Who was listening to the show? I think on the twenty ninth of, of May. So that was, uh, and then I went looking for it because I wanted to share the link, and I was like, okay. And that's why uh, I got in contact with you. So ten more kits, folks, if you're interested in that. And we know you have the first aid kit available, but you, you know, this is the uh, emergency medicine kit, not technically first aid. Um, for injuries and, and things like that. And the premise here is instead of, like I said earlier, instead of buying a huge bottle of one medication for a high dollar, uh, hopefully you won't have to use it. That would be a good thing, but the outcome would be this bottle of, of stuff expiring after you spend all the money for it. So these are, again, smaller doses of this in one kit. Um, so if you deem that your chicken has this particular disease, you start you can immediately start caring for it and then reorder as you need that specific med. So it's, it's a great tool, and uh, it really uh, cures a problem uh, out there in uh, the smaller flock uh, arena. So we appreciate you for, for doing that. Um, good sound. I'll go back and listen to the archive. You're sounding really good now. We may try the call in again uh, later in the week. And then uh, if I still have an echo problems, then maybe we can, because it sounds really good now. But, hey, Peter, thank you very much for, for joining us today. As always, lots of great information for myself and all of our listeners. Hope you have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, Andy, thank you. All right, thank you so much uh, for your time trying to go through this technical issue uh, as well. So, uh, again, thank you very much for, for listening live today. Thanks for hanging with us while we tried to troubleshoot that. And uh, that seemed to be a, a great solution. So maybe you can start calling in through a bondage line. Um, and, um, and it would just have to increase the sound quality. Today I did not broadcast through the, uh, the HD um, sound that, that uh, Blog Talk Radio offers. This was just basically headset uh, and uh, a droid smartphone versus any type of uh, HD. And um, so, hey, thanks for, for tuning in. We'll hope to see you right here on Blog Talk Radio uh, a little bit later in the week. God bless everybody. Aww.